0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. T- time for the hard hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, 5 Victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of a, a Star. Star. Scott.
1: Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout and, and former Dallas Cowboys scout, uh, Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday uh you can catch him on 105 through the fan there and you can also catch him as the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network and Brian uh, I was about to say how are you doing but I, I'm gonna ask instead you you seem you seem put out by by the long bio that you have I see you just said yeah get through it let's get through it. let's finish my bio I
2: never get to introduce you is like and this is Bob my my partner here Bobby Belt who is uh, on professional, uh, professional slap yeah Who is on Sean and RJ? Who is on the NFL Network? Who is on uh, everything that you ever imagined? Uh, Dallas <laughs> Cowboys related. Bobby Bell is part of that, and uh, and a very very capable host. If you haven't <laughs> learned by now, uh, here on Love of the Star. So, they Bobby, how are you doing today? I I'm doing great. Uh, playoffs,
1: baby. Cowboys are in the playoffs. That's the headline coming out of this weekend, I think, is that the Cowboys are in the playoffs. Certainly nothing else relating to just absolutely, you know, essing the bed there in uh, Jacksonville in the final 25 minutes. Uh, final 20 minutes of regulation than the five minutes of overtime. I, I guess, you know, we can just start with a broad sweep. I know you've got a chance to see the film. Uh, I was at, in Jacksonville in the locker room, gathered a, a bunch of different thoughts, but your, your main takeaway coming out of this game, Brian.
2: You know, Bobby, we talked about how we thought it was going to be a tight game and really thought that maybe both defenses would be under attack in this game. And I, I kind of felt like that early in this game and then some into the third, um, the Jacksonville defense was under attack. And it really wasn't until – my turning point of the game, Bobby, and I said this on the Cowboys post game show. I really felt like that the pass that that Joseph gave up to Jones for the touchdown. I I felt like
0: yeah.
2: that's where this game really turned. And it, unfortunately for you know the Cowboys, unfortunately for the their defense, um, you know it all of a sudden became a game, and you couldn't really you know, do anything. And then Jacksonville had all this momentum and then it wasn't until they got the lead that all of a sudden that, oh, wait a minute, we're playing in a football game here. We need to try and win in order to get into the playoffs or keep, you know, uh, division title hopes alive. Yeah. And, you know, Dak on a great drive, but I really, really felt like that once that ball went past Joseph on the double move, it was game on from that point on, and uh, give Jacksonville a lot of credit. Everybody out there knows that uh, I'm friends with Doug Peterson. Uh, you know, trust me, I wasn't pulling for Doug Peterson this game. I wanted the Dallas Cowboys to have an opportunity to play for the division title, uh, but I thought that Doug did a great job. He's got a he's got a, a young quarterback that he's really kind of figured things out and. Yeah, they're a good football team. ATN, uh, you know, what they were able to do on offense, the the scheme that they have. People have kind of figured out about playing the Cowboys. Don't let them rush the passer. And even though when they had opportunities to rush the passer, they couldn't get Trevor Lawrence on the ground. And I think that when you go back and when everybody has a chance out there to watch the All-22, you're going to see several times where you're going, Damn damn, they got, damn, they, you know, and you're going to just keep yeah. saying that to yourself because there were opportunities there to end this game in regulation, and then there were also opportunities to put the Jaguars away there, you know, well before that. So uh, it's interesting. You you point to that turning
1: point there at uh, the, the throw to Zay Jones, the 59-yard touchdown, which in a lot of ways this felt like it mirrored the Green Bay meltdown you had a like you know a a big time performance from a receiver who had been struggling uh, struggling with drops I might add Zay Jones and Christian Watson both had that issue both of them break out six catches over 100 yards three touchdowns um, and ultimately force a game into overtime and you know come out with the victory on top I want to talk about a a specific play uh, before we dive into you know a lot of the the bigger takeaways from this, but I'm curious for your thoughts on this because I don't know how much discussion has been about this. I thought Dak played really, really great actually for most of the day. Um, Like, like, I mean, sure he had a throw here or there, but I I, I don't think that it was, I I think he cleaned up a lot of the things that have concerned us the last two weeks. I think he looked really good for the most part. One of the issues I had yesterday and I, I was internally screaming my head off you can't scream your head off in the press box they will take you out of there it's a working
2: Uh, it's a working environment you cannot cheer or scream either one that's what i had
1: to tell joe trahan uh from cowboys pr when he was cheering when argentina scored i told him i said this is a working press box you are not allowed to cheer they will take you out of here um but the uh i was watching that third and three when they were up 24 to 10 and he throws the ball down the sideline to pollard made a decent throw, ultimately falls complete. It looked like he had Noah Brown for the first down underneath. And I was watching the play. As, as I saw it develop, I was going, oh, he's going to hit Noah Brown. It's going to be. And then I saw him throw the ball down. I was like, "What? what's happening? Was that Dak getting too greedy? Is that one of the few mistakes he made? Because I feel like you've got the easy first down. They keep the drive alive. Maybe they score a touchdown. They run more clog off. They put this out of reach. Ultimately, drive ends there. They kick a field goal. Jacksonville comes back, scores real quick, and everything snowballs from there.
2: Man, I'll tell you what, you hit the nail on the head because that thing opened up just beautifully. Yeah, you you know, you get the route up the sidelines, and that's that's Dak playing hero ball right there. If he yeah. just if he just hits Noah Brown running across the field, that thing's up the field, it's a first down. You know, now you're knocking on the door of putting that game really away for the Cowboys. So I felt like there were a couple of different times where he got a little greedy, and you're absolutely right there. That ball needs to be thrown underneath first, and then work from there. And uh,
1: overall, I thought it was a pretty decent day. I know you uh, – I, I give him a, a little bit more of a pass on the interception, the first one, because there, there was a defender. I think it was Dwayne Smoot or somebody had, had an arm that was pulled on his bicep. And that makes sense to me why the ball sailed as far as it did. But but you had an issue actually with the double clutch. And I know Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. had talked about the fact that he thinks Dak needs to just get rid of the ball in that scenario. Right. right. Um, but, but overall, what were your thoughts on what did you see on that play breaking down and, and what you think Dak should have done on that? Yeah, I, I
2: think it was once again, Bobby, one of those times where they didn't pick up the twist particularly well. And that was to the side of... Uh, of Jason Peters. And so, you know, at that right side, so you got Dak moving to his right. And Peter's really, he's trying to kind of control his guy and he's really not. And so now what happens is he's moving to his right and he's got Schultz sitting in front of him. Now, you and I have had this discussion before in a commander's game, when he threw the ball right to Holcomb, where he never saw the linebacker. Just yeah. straight shot, and now it's it's a problem, you know. And so here he is Jaguar defender between him and and really Schultz. And the defender is still where you can maybe see the flash of the black jersey, just that color he saw. And it's like he he takes it and he pulls it down. He's going you know, he's loaded it down. So then he tries to recock, and then that's when the guys fall in, guys grabbing, and then the ball goes high. Schultz had settled down to give him a shot. The flash of the color from the end zone is already past him left. And so if He throws the ball it's likely a it's likely a a catch and going forward and you know that type of play but once he double pumps and then he tries to re cock it or reload that's really when everything starts to fall apart for him and then the ball goes high so it was uh yeah you could take a sack throw it away throw it in the ground live to fight another day but that's That's not in Dak's M.O. You know, it's just – that's what we're learning about Dak, and here we are seven years into it. (laughs) Dak doesn't want to give up on plays. He just doesn't want to give up on a play. And he saw Schultz open much like he thought he saw Tony Pollard open down the sidelines. You know, it just wasn't there. And uh, he got a little greedy, and I'm telling you, when you watch the All-22, you will see him take the ball – think about it, pull it down, and then retry it again.
1: So those were the the two plays to me that that stuck out as as ones that you can really question um in terms of where I thought you you can make a legitimate argument that that, that was just a bad play. Uh outside of that, because I do think there's a little bit of a narrative that people just see two interceptions, they see them blow a lead, and there's this default to go to well, Dak Prescott played terribly. I saw an article from Deadspin today that goes, this is more proof Dak doesn't have it, blah, blah. I personally thought, and again, the, I know everybody likes to say I'm the Dak homer, um, but I thought he, outside of those two plays, I thought he played excellent. What, what were your thoughts in general, the the thousand foot view of how Dak played as a whole?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, at, at halftime, I remember visiting with Zach Wolchuk on the Cowboys, you know, the halftime show after that. And I believe Dak was 15 to 16 at that point in time. And I'm sitting there going, man, can he be any better? You know, I mean, the way this thing was rolling, uh, the receivers were helping him, the tight ends, the backs, the running game, everything was really coming together. They were rotating the offensive lineman. That was kind of, you know, it was looking okay with Tyron Smith over there. And, you know, you just couldn't imagine him playing any better and, you know, the second half came and, and, and Dallas gets these points in time at games where they just they lose the consistency or they lose that that ability to finish. And in the first half, they're just, you know, you talk about slow starts, fast starts and, you know, but then they get into these points in time of the game where they just they lull and then all of a sudden lull turns into punt, punt. And then it turns into turnover, uh, another punt, a turn, you know, you're just like, where's the consistency. And I, I think that's the biggest issue. And I think it starts, it starts with the play caller and then it goes to the quarterback. And then ultimately what happens is the team has those inconsistencies in it and everything that was working, every little pass and run and block and, Motion and play call everything that that worked for a half. It looks like they've never run a play in their life. You know, things happen, things break down, and then ultimately, though, they're they're in a ball game. You know, people are now chasing. They're chasing points, and yeah, then it's like, oh wait, we've got to come back in this game. Well, here we go. Now you know, wait, they played cover two the whole game. Well, let's just shred cover two now. You know, and, you know that's that's really how this uh, this cowboy offense and you know, it's the quarterback. And like I said, he sometimes he does things that he shouldn't do. And then other times he makes some of the most damnedest throws you'll ever see in your life. And you're going, you know, that the spin out touchdown that they scored on with uh, Noah Brown. I mean, that's spinning out of a problem and running left and throw into a guy who's coming back for the ball. You know, that's you're like, not many quarterbacks in the league have that kind of ability. And that's the thing that's a little maddening when you watch the Cowboys offensively is they're capable of doing stuff like that every snap. They're just not consistent enough doing it.
1: What happened in from what you saw on tape? What happened to the running game in the second half? Because they 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 were they were getting they were having some success. They couldn't get anything going in the second half. And I'll dovetail for a second. I, I have an issue with, I was, I was texting Jane Slater, our, our friend uh, from NFL Network. I was texting her about this. I mentioned it this morning on Sean and RJ. Um, I feel like Kellen Moore doesn't have a great feel for the flow of games. Like he's, it's almost, he just has this rigidity of like, this is what I'm going to call and this is what we're going to do. And there are times where it's like, I, I felt like you couldn't stop the passing attack yesterday for the first three quarters.
2: Yeah, I heard you this morning on the radio talking about that, that, like, why are you running the ball 20-something times when they haven't stopped you throwing the ball yet kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, why are you why are you running a stretch run to Zeke for one and a, a trying to do a jet sweep to CD for one, and then, okay, now it's third and eight, and now you overthrow Noah Brown and you're punting. Yeah. And, and then there are other times where it's maddening, where you're like, all right, this is clearly a situation to run the ball, and then you're throwing it, it just seems like that he doesn't have a great sense for and obviously we're we're I know we're armchair quarterback in here, but it feels at times like he doesn't have a great sense for for the flow and the temperature of the game. but that that's kind of a, a side topic. Primarily, they they I believe had 21 carries for like 95 yards in the first half, perfectly efficient. Second half, I think it was seventeen carries for for like fifty yards. I mean, it, they were they were under three yards a carry, I believe. Uh, what did you see on tape that that happened with the running game? Yeah, I
2: ball? mean, there were there were there were some opportunities where they had the seven man box, you know, and they just didn't do a very good job of point of attack block. And you know, again, it was that change the offensive line. You know, was there consistency with you know Jason Peters? Let's let's be honest, Bobby. To me, Tyron Smith is your starter at right tackle. Yeah. Ball is his backup at right tackle. Jason Peters needs to be the backup at left tackle and don't mess with it the rest of the day. J- Jason but, Peters played bad football. He honestly. did. He did play bad football yesterday. And and a little bit of it was, you know, I I think because he's a 40-year-old guy. Sure. You know, I think there were some times where, you know, that it, it wasn't as clean as it was. I mean – in the Houston game, it was all about throwing the football. It's pass, set, yeah. it, pass, set, pass, set. In this game, you had to run, run the football. And, you know, I'm not going to say that they sat there and loaded the box and you couldn't run the ball because there were several times where it wasn't. You know, there were times where they would put trips to one side and try and hand the ball off inside, taking guys out and still couldn't run the ball there. So – um I just think that that you were in a you were in a bad bad shape when Jason Peters was on the field, when, especially when it came to running the football. You know, you just didn't get the movement or the combinations or the athletic play that you get normally from the center. I mean, there were times, like I said, when uh, you know they would they were trying to get the ball into a, you know, off, off the edge and all that. And he yeah. and he's just, he's struggling with the block. They're struggling. They can't get the cutoff, you know, all these things start to happen. And, but I, I honestly, I think you have that correct, correct it. Now, Bobby, when you and I were on the, uh, the G bag nation, when you came on for your spot yeah, uh, at five 30, uh, we were talking about the, uh, you know, that situation with the offensive line, you know, you, You've got your right tackle now. You've got yep. your right guard. You got your center. You got your left guard, and you got your left tackle. Just go to battle with that. I don't see any more reasons, you know, unless you want to give Tyler Smith a blow, you know, during a game to kind of keep Jason Jason Peterson engaged. I don't see any reason any longer to, to shuttle out these offensive linemen. I really, really don't. Uh,
1: last question here uh, before we transition to some of the discussion about uh, you know corner and, and what's going on with Kelvin Joseph now. Uh, I'm curious one more play I want to isolate that's not getting a lot of discussion. I think an opportunity at the end of the first half. Uh, Dak hits Pollard on a swing pass. They pick up a first down. Get a couple more plays. Set themselves up on third and one, and they run this
2: uh, the odd hit option. option. Yeah,
1: pitch. And, and uh, I can't remember who the defender was there. That was It may have been Devin Lloyd. I don't remember. But somebody was right there, swallowed up Pollard, n- minus six. What did you think about that? Did you have any thoughts on that specific play design, how that was executed, and was that a missed opportunity? I mean, if they pick up that first down, you're talking about even more points going into halftime.
2: It's one of those plays we like to say is cute, but if you watch Overtime, they did it to Pollard for 20 yards. They came yeah. back and ran, right. yeah. They ran the same play, and it's like Kellen Moore, like you're talking about, Bobby. Flow of the game, it's like, oh, wait, I just had a minus, minus seven on this play, yeah. And so, I'm going to go ahead and later, when I need overtime yards, what do I do? I run it to Pollard for 20, run you it know? back, so, yeah. So, I, uh, you know, I <laughs> I thought yesterday was there was some really some creative times with Kellen Moore. I mean, I don't have a pro I mean, I'm one of these guys that like, hey, attack the line on third and one. Don't take the what, ball what, away from
1: What line. happened then there? Did did Jacksonville just have it read clean or did somebody they, they
2: read it clean? But I'll tell you another thing, they ran counters, Dallas round counters and didn't black block the backside the backside end and they and the, the crash end was killing them on some plays. Now I don't know, you know? Do you do you you step down and turn back? I you know maybe you're thinking, oh that guy. Unless you pull the ball and run behind that, that guy is always going to just keep crashing on you. And and maybe that's where when you got in that situation where the Cowboys were trying to figure out on that third down to kill the clock. Maybe not on third down, but to me, to me. A really, really good call would have been that that hole, that flow, that counter flow, and then boot Dak and throw to throw to the tight end for nine yards. So now it's second and one, clock's running. Oh, timeout. Now you run the ball first down. Timeout. Run the ball again. Timeout. Now the game's over. You know, now the game is legitimately over. If you're the Cowboys on on that sequence where you're trying to, you get the negative for three, you get the gain of like four, you know, and then you're like in third and 10 or whatever it was, you know, you you gain, you know, you lose three, you gain three yeah. and now it's third and 10. So, throwing the ball down the field, if you were going to, the way I would have done it myself. And I was saying to Zach Wolchuk, on those, in that situation, throw on first down. If you're going to, yeah. if you're going to throw it all, If you're going to throw it all, throw on first down and go hard play action, boot it, and then throw the easy ball to uh, to Dalton Schultz for nine yards. Keep the clock moving. They're burning timeouts. You run, get a first down. Now they're burning more timeouts. Game's over, like I said. So to me, that's, you know, it's not run, run, then throw. It's throw, run, run, kill the game is what it is. You gotta, if you're gonna throw the ball at all in that in that situation, in that series, you gotta throw it on first down. Because they're expecting you to try and run clock. That's what they're expecting you to do. Yeah. And so I thought a couple of his calls were a little bit, you know, the 50-50 ball to Noah Brown to me is not a good call. 50-50 ball to Michael Gallup, I think, is a better call because ball, I mean, I've seen Michael Gallup go up high point ball, get ball. And I've also seen Michael Gallup draw pass interference penalties going up for the ball because he's going up and the res- and the defensive back gets all tangled up with him. That, to me, personnel, call, man, all that stuff is a little little wonky in this game and You're for, that, to- for that situation.
1: You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. All right, Brian,
1: uh, we need to remind everybody about our wonderful partner here at Love the Sard. It is Boomer Jacks. I got to tell you, uh, me and Brian have loved seeing you guys send us all the pictures of you hanging out at Boomer Jacks, all the stuff you're getting, telling us all about it. Uh, And and the day I got to recommend for you guys, there's two days in particular I think you should go if you're looking for the right day to go to Boomer Jacks. It's Tuesday or Wednesday because Tuesday it's half-price bone and wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they've got deals for you every other day of the week as well. They got drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer. It's ice cold beer, wall-to-wall TVs. And I know when you hear me say wall-to-wall TVs, you think I'm saying there's a lot of tvs no i mean literally wall-to-wall tvs there's like hardly any space on the walls they got tvs in the bathroom it's a wonderful experience there's 17 dfw locations you can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com that's boomerjacks.com brian we've been talking a lot about the offense let's look over at the defensive side of the ball a couple different headlines here let's start obviously with the cornerback position dan quinn said on monday talked to the reporters he basically said Calvin Joseph doesn't have the job anymore. It, yeah. it hasn't been completely stripped away, but it's a competition now. Um, and he was benched late in the game uh, in favor of Nashawn Wright. Got beat on two touches. got beat really bad on a double move. And, and you saw instantly how he knew he messed up, but he turned around and was like grasping, trying to just do anything uh, to slow that down. But, um, you know, this is, they've got real problems with that cornerback spot opposite of Trayvon Diggs. And they've had problems all year with it.
2: Yeah, they had, Bobby. And, you know, but we've talked about this a bunch on this show. And, you know, I'm not trying to guess at this stuff. I'm not trying to just make stuff up. Right. Always talk about Kelvin Joseph playing in off coverage. Right? Yeah. Kelvin Joseph in off coverage is not a good combination for him to play. He plays back and you run a double move on him, he's going to get fooled because he's going to he's going to drive on the ball he's going to be aggressive that's his nature kelvin joseph is a man corner you put him up you let him jam you let him hold you let him run with you let him turn don't you don't play him in a situation where he's having to read from depth right it's just he doesn't have enough experience he just doesn't you know he hasn't I mean, it was a good route by Zay Jones. It really was. But that that's where all of a sudden you're putting a guy in a situation. They didn't try the double move on Diggs. They tried it on Joseph. They right. knew. They knew that if they could, they could get that ball going down the field and he was going to bite because they was playing from depth. So is that on is that on Kelvin Joseph? Sure. Is that on Dan Quinn and them? Yes. It is. It's absolutely on Dan Quinn and the secondary for putting him in that situation and I know you can't play man coverage the whole day but I watched Diggs on the other side play up on guys all day. Yeah. You know? But we'll see. Joseph Nation right. Me personally, was that an if you, was that an issue
1: you saw in college with Joseph at all? Did he, he didn't did, play,
2: Bobby. That, I mean, he didn't play very much.
1: But, but when mean, you saw him, did you exclusively see him in press man, or did you see him? I thought,
2: yes, ball? yes, that's what he does.
1: Because you know who you're describing to me, it sounds like, the, the player it reminds me of, and I don't know if you remember, I know you remember scouting the player. I don't know if you remember these specifics, about him do The guy you're describing to me sounds like, you remember Cordrea Tankersley coming out of yeah, Clemson? Uh,
2: Clemson, right?
1: Yeah, he was... Yeah. He was great impressed man and he played off and he was lost. He was lost, yeah. And and yeah. and and that that sounds like the guy you're describing to me.
2: See, that's where I mean I'm looking at I'm looking at him, but he's he's you know, he's he's really out there trying to survive just to try and get experience, you know. And then on the second touchdown, I felt like he got bullied a little bit, you know. I mean, Jones. Uh, well, so,
1: Watkins needs to finish that sack. Is the yeah, biggest.
2: Yeah, no, sack. that exactly right. Exactly. That's what we were talking about earlier. A lot of opportunities to finish and not finish it. You know, and allowing the throws. But to me, okay, there's a competition. Fine, him, right. You know, me personally. I mean, do you look at McKenzie Alexander, who they brought on a couple weeks ago, and say, "Hey, all my buddies around the league tell me." McKenzie Alexander is a really good slot player, or that's his best trick, Scott slot player. Do you trust him enough to play the slot and then also put Bland on the outside? That's what this might come to. If they don't find something suitable at that left cornerback spot, then maybe you put Bland on the outside and put Alexander inside, and then you, you go to battle that way.
1: What did, what did you think of the way Bland played on Sunday? I, I know he had two really nice pass breakups. He had the interception, but overall, how did you think he played? I thought he
2: was fine. I thought he was fine. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, there wasn't anything, you know. He, he doesn't I mean, get rattled. He is so no, hell tall. no. Hell no. I mean, it's like the kid, you know, He it's like he's done this all his life. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's physical when he needs to be. He could tackle well enough what four interceptions this year? Yeah. Come on, man. He's if no if, excuse me, if uh if uh Anthony Brown would have had the same year as what we're seeing from Bland, I would look I look like a damn genius <laughs> talking about yeah. how good I thought Anthony Brown was going to be. You know, we saw things in camp with Bland. We yeah. saw him play inside, we saw him play outside. If it's me, I figure out how to play inside with somebody and put him on the outside. Now, maybe you need him. Maybe it's more important for him to play nickel corner with all the slots and stuff that you see that are really, really good players. Yeah. Maybe that's their thought.
1: Now, the the other issue yesterday in terms of personnel, uh, I, I don't know that anybody had a better day for their reputation uh, with as few snaps than Leighton Vander Esch, who mm-hmm. we've talked about on the show that he's been – He's been so good for them, and a lot of people don't seem to see it for whatever reason. I think you saw really quickly when he's out of the lineup, you go, oh, there it is. Okay, I now see what it looks like without him, so I'm just going to have to assume. What happened is, is Leighton Van Der Esch, I feel like, and I think you've talked about this too, one of the things that Leighton has struggled with at times early in his career was his eyes. His eyes weren't always great. He, I think he's been playing with really good eye discipline this year and I think as soon as you saw that leave the lineup, you saw two guys who weren't playing well with it. I thought Anthony Barr and Damone Clark were really bad yesterday.
2: Yeah, they weren't good. And you know, and the thing with Anthony Barr, he was really, really good on the goal line last week in that stand. Yeah. I mean Every, all 11 guys were <laughs> they were really good. And yeah. but he looked he looked out of position. He looked slow. I'm not gonna blame him for the Playing the slot and having to carry Christian Kirk up. How did field. he get? I don't blame him for that, but how did he get put on I it? have. Yeah. I didn't know how at all. It, it just, it's. Were they so, running, Did they have traditional 4 3
1: personnel on that snap or what? I, was,
2: I need, I need, when it happened, I was so like watching what was going on. Like, I need tomorrow go and look and see exactly how he got bumped into that spot. Yeah. Because that
1: shouldn't have been. You oh, know, Jacksonville was smart. Yeah, that's exactly who you got. Throw it to Christian. You get Kirk. the pick,
2: you get the picks and the and the guy upfield. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 good football right there. But I need to I need to figure out how did he get caught in a situation where he's in space with Christian Kirk. That that's just that's a that's a bad, bad miss right there. Really bad miss. And right
1: they there. if Leighton Layton Esch is gonna miss the Philadelphia game, uh Mike McCarthy said that today. Yeah. It sounds like he could be out a few weeks here uh, as they get a handle on this. Um, I mean, can they afford to just roll with Barr and Clark, or do you think they may need to just? You got to scan the waiver wire. You may need to find somebody.
2: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Jabril Cox. You know, I mean, do they want to? You know, do they? They they really might not have much of a choice. At least, you know, I, and I'm not. I'm I. I should know exactly who's on the practice squad and stuff too, Bob. But, you know, that might be something that, you know, that they have to look at as well. But to me, it's, it really is about, you know, Jabril Cox and maybe him getting an opportunity to play, but you're absolutely right. The one thing that Leighton Vanderish has been able to do is the misdirections and things like that. Don't bother him. You know, when everybody else is, you know, and, and you're right that Clark wasn't good and Barr wasn't good. You know, and I've been kind of waiting for Clark to to really, really take that next step. And he hasn't been really consistent so far. Yeah, yeah I know what LHU to,
1: to be fair, he's being asked a lot more than they ever expected to ask him this year.
2: He he you know what he's you're absolutely right, but he's out there playing. Yeah,
1: and yeah, they, absolutely.
2: And if they put you on the field, you need to perform. You do, yes. And so uh, yeah, they're in a little trouble at linebacker. They it really, it looked,
1: here's what i thought yesterday and i had this in my notes when i was watching uh them play with tomorrow clark and anthony bar i said this looked like mike this looked like mike nolan's linebacker core yeah like, like guys who just are, are undisciplined get lost with the eye candy i mean they hit i think they talked about it today. they hit three jet sweeps for like 40 yards rushing or something yesterday yeah, I
2: think it was 50 i think the one the one uh The one back receiver had what was 39. And why am I going brain dead on? uh, Um,
1: Yeah, I know you're talking. I can't remember. He was the one doing all the the punt returns and everything. Yeah,
2: exactly. I don't know why. Every once in a while, I lose track of these names. I'm sure somebody will remind me of it when they listen (laughs) to this podcast. But yeah, I mean, that's you were, you know, you got killed. You got killed on the jet sweep stuff. That was, you know, that was as bad as it gets right there.
1: One more question for you here before we uh, hit our listener mailbag: uh, Do the Cowboys have a Michael Gallup problem?
2: Yeah, because to me, when Michael Gallup, he let me. I'll be honest, Bobby. He wasn't open yesterday. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I yeah, I was trying to watch, and you know, and like. CD's open and Brown, it's open, and I'm I'm watching Gallup, and I'm not seeing anything getting
1: open. Which which really quickly, because I know we're gonna move to the mailbag. Do want to say right now, CD Lamb was fantastic yesterday. We've gone thirty five. Absolutely was. I mentioned him. CD Lamb was great yesterday.
2: Yeah, absolutely, he was. And you know, that's the thing about that's the thing that you know, but you needed somebody else other than CD Lamb. You know, to be great in that game, you know, and that's the thing about it is when you're trying to when you're trying to uh you know make plays and trying to win a game, you know, you need you need somebody other than CeeDee Lamb out there, you know, making plays too. Right. You know, and it looked like CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma is who that looked oh, like. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, that that you that, that the he one made, after
2: catch and
1: which great block by Gallup on that play, but Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean in general it's that may be the question. We get Jerry Jones tomorrow morning. When you hear this podcast, we may have already interviewed Jerry. I, I think that may be one of the questions here, and and we've asked it in different ways, but I'm curious now, especially with the Michael Gallup issue, and you signed T.Y. Hilton, and you're still pushing for Odell Beckham. Just be like, is
2: yeah, there any maybe regret that's at all
1: on Amari? Is there any regret on Amari?
2: I looked up that guy's name, Jamal Agnew. I that's don't know why it. I could- I don't know why I couldn't remember Jamal Agnew, but that's who was running the Jets.
1: Here's, here's the thing. Uh, running backs wearing 39 are generally not going to be guys we notice, I don't think. Typically. I'll tell you
2: what, that guy's a hell of a punt returner, a hell of a He's kickoff good. returner. Guy. He, he made me nervous a couple times. Uh, well, how about them punting to him right before, like, to, you know, the, before Jacksonville kicked the game-tying field goal? Yeah. I was worried about him catching the ball and going about 40 yards on you is what I was worried about.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, that he he was a he was a concern for them on Sunday. Hey,
2: let me ask you this. Yeah. Speaking of this real quick of mm-hmm. uh, returners. Has has the returner, if you need a wide receiver spot, you thinking about moving on from this returner guy?
1: Returner has not been good. Not lately. Um, the last few weeks. I was watching stuff yesterday. He was he was I, I don't know what he was seeing. Like we're we're in the press box, we've got a pretty good view of the
2: you see Everything. stuff open up and all that. Yeah, and
1: yeah. He, I don't. I didn't see what he was seeing on like any of his returns yesterday. Uh, oh, he got yeah. a little close, but yeah. Man. I wonder.
2: I mean, you wouldn't have anybody, right? I mean, maybe you could, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's he is explosive. There's no question, but he the bang for the buck. I don't know if they've got the bang for. It the buck. It hasn't
1: been there. Yeah. No, it, it hasn't been there like they were hoping. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
1: All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite part of the show. It is the listener mailbag. Before we get into that, though, one more time, I need to tell you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star, Boomer Jacks. And I keep telling you guys about Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Those are important days. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. So whatever your fancy is on the wing front, Boomer Jacks has a deal for you. But if you're not a wing person at all, they still have great deals for you other days of the week. They've got $3 drink specials, $15 buckets of beer, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, Whatever atmosphere you're looking for, Boomer Jacks has the environment for you. If you're just looking for a place to have dinner with the family, a nice aesthetic, everything else, Boomer Jacks is the spot. If you're looking for a great happy hour location for you and the coworkers to have some drinks, Boomer Jacks is the spot. If you're just looking for a place to go watch the game, follow your fantasy team, you know, watch the game with a buddy, have a fun rivalry, whatever else, Boomer Jacks is the spot and there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. It is now time for our uh, Dean Julia Love of the Star Mailbag. Uh, I hope
2: you have a question from Dean Julia. I know he's you asked not, too we're long, a Dean you, Dean
1: know. Julia, question. Let's I get will one. Let's all go. Right, let, me, let me kick off first with Monique Riddick. Okay. Uh, Monique's question is: What should be the game plan moving forward now that they are in the playoffs? What are the chances in the playoffs? giving this stuff, so here's the thing: is that the the Cowboys, in all likelihood, even with if you haven't heard yet. We'll talk about it more later this week. Chilling hurts looks really questionable to play against the Cowboys next week, but they put themselves in a hole that's going to be really difficult to overcome. They're down three games, three to play, um, and so they're they're likely not going to win the division. They're likely not going to fall out of the five spot. So, uh, given that question from Monique Broadus, do you have do you change any approach over these next three weeks? Do you look for yeah. rest
2: for certain guys? Yeah, I, I I maybe take maybe you go try and you get the 11th victory, you get the 11th win. So you solidify that fifth spot. So you make sure that you're likely dealing with whoever comes out of that mess of the NFC South. Yeah. Whether it's Carolina, the saints, Tampa, whoever comes out of that mess, that's who you want to make sure that you play in the first round. Okay. So secure, you know, get the victory if you can, if you have to go against Gardner, Mitchell this week, and go for it and win the game. Go for it and win the game. You know what I'm saying? So you get the 11th victory. You're playing on a short week against Tennessee. I would have a select group of maybe two offensive players, two defensive players. One of them maybe being Mike Parsons. I, I was just
1: about to, I was just about to say if you beat Philadelphia and you are yeah. on a short week in Tennessee. Micah is the one guy. If you tell me I get to rest Whatever one guy, I'm not you do, playing Micah. Micah
2: Parsons needs to be the inactive, one of the inactive guys. Okay, he's banged now, up. He needs rest. Yeah. So get him some rest. Maybe get somebody else some rest. Uh, as long as as long as you can. Uh, you know, hell, maybe you're in a situation at Tennessee short week. You, I, I don't know if you want to. I mean, maybe the last game of the year, you don't want to play Dak. That kind of thing. Maybe a Tony Pollard. Maybe. You know, you just you got to be very mindful. But I would take the next. I would try and win the Philadelphia game to get to eleven. Yeah. And then, the, man. But depending on really how long term. Now, what would be crazy is if this injury to this injury to Hurts. It's like a three week injury. You know.
1: Yeah. It's it's very muddy. To, Sean Sharif, uh, our, our teammate at One Hundred Five Fan, shared screenshots from three different reporters where one it says not long-term, one says three weeks, then somebody else says out until the play, sometime deep in the playoffs. And Man. it's like, there's a there's a whole lot of muddied reporting here, but but at the very least, it seems like he's in doubt for this week.
2: If it turns into he's out for three weeks or into the playoffs, you got to play every game to try and win. Because if, I mean,
1: if it turns out he's out for three weeks or into the playoffs, they're really going to be kicking themselves about losing this game yesterday.
2: Yeah, well... How about how about the Green Bay game? You know, yeah, I mean true.
1: Very, very, very similar I mean,
2: loss. You're, you're what three games behind Philadelphia?
1: Yep. You lost
2: to them. them. You lost to the Packers. You lost to the Jacksonville. They beat the Packers and they beat Jacksonville. Yep. That's where you're right now. You know? That's why these games are all so important. I mean, you just don't know. You just don't know when that one game. Hey, let me be honest: the commanders if they lose or out of the playoffs by one game because of the crap refs that John Hussey's crew at, you know, left that, you know, happy if the Cowboys got in because of a giant win, but now you know why I have such a problem with NFL officials. Yeah. You know, that could have cost them maybe an opportunity. One game, one game could have cost them maybe an opportunity to get into the playoffs. So if, if we learn, that the Jalen Hurts injury is more than three weeks for yeah. sure. Then you need to try and win every one of these games to maybe give you an opportunity to win the division and host one of these games.
1: Yeah, which Dallas has the in this scenario if Dallas wins out and Philly loses out, Dallas wins the division because they would
2: Neither have one C2 probably, right?
1: Yeah, in all likelihood. I mean, depending on I guess what Sam Minnesota, Florida. yeah. Um, but if if Dallas. Dallas and Philly would have split the season series, but then Dallas would have a better division record because Philly's already lost to Washington, and then they would have also lost to Dallas. Their uh, remaining games here are Dallas. Uh, what else do they have on schedule? Dallas, New Orleans, New York. So you're going to have you uh, you're, you're going to need some assistance here. You're going to need Gardner Minshew uh, to not be. I'm here. saying
2: if Gardner Minshew is having to play these games, then I'm trying to win them. You know, I mean, and if you find out that they're okay. You beat Philly, and then next week they're playing New Orleans and they end up just smoking New Orleans at half. Pull your players, just yeah. pull guys.
1: Yeah, and get it specifically, like we said, Micah Apart. But
2: you have already played the game. I mean, you've already played because it'll be a Thursday game.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, so maybe
2: you maybe you have to try and win Philly, and maybe you have to try and win Tennessee. And see what happens the next two weeks.
1: What if what if, uh, what if you what if you beat Philly, but then it's announced that Hertz will play the following week? Do you make the strategic decision to rest then, or do you only do it once Philly wins another game?
2: I think I I think I would I think I would rest.
1: I think I'd rest if they said Hertz is coming back. I'd I say all too. right, just, just yeah. go ahead. You're, in all likelihood, they're going to beat one of the Giants. Yeah.
2: The if season. if Gardner Minshew, yeah. you know. E- you know, maybe they have that stinker game. Their stinker game was the Colts. They, the, the Colts had them dead. But we've learned about the Colts. Colts can't finish anybody.
1: Oh, my gosh. You know, I saw this. Uh, I, I looked this up the the other day on Sunday, Brian. Uh, the last four fourth quarters the Colts have played, they've been outscored 77-3. to three.
2: Yeah. It's
1: tough to do that. Uh, question here from Dean Julia.
2: Who's Brian? this? <laughs> Who's this?
1: He says, Hey guys, I counted 12 times that the Cowboys ran for two yards or less on first or second down. Why such a commitment to running on first and second down when it clearly wasn't working? CD was carving them up 41 runs to 30 passes. If that's closer to 35 runs and 36 passes, maybe it's a different ending. I I mentioned it to you. We yeah. you just said first three quarters, they couldn't stop you throwing the ball. I, I felt yeah. like you had an opportunity to really put them away and they got a little timid.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, Dean's Dean's not wrong. You know, the, the, the way of beating Jacksonville yesterday was throwing the football, you know. Yeah. But, you know, they, they – but the numbers for Dak, I mean, if you look at, like, the number of passes he threw and the number he completed, everything in the touchdowns, everything's good but the interceptions. Everything is absolute. absolutely the way to win for Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys are his numbers except he had the two interceptions.
1: Yeah. You know. Last question here from Chris Copeland: How do you fix the secondary? I'm thinking more blitzes with zone behind it. Go all in on pass rush. I will say this: If they're going to play Kelvin Joseph a corner, I don't think you want him playing in zone. Um,
2: how do you play? How do you blitz and play zone?
1: I, I that's difficult with the 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 look that you're talking about. If you're going to blitz guys, then you just have. I mean, unless you're going to play you zero play man when you blitz. But, but if you're if you're if you're gonna, if you're going to like. You could, I guess, do like a. I mean, if you're going to press and have one safety back, but well, like, I mean, yeah, okay,
2: you could play. Yeah, you could play. Uh, you're right. You could play, uh, you could play uh, man free, is what they call it.
1: Yeah. That, and then you can just man underneath
2: I, with a free safety. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's like the only real option you have. Sure. But, I would.
2: Uh, I think the way you fix is I think the way they're going to fix, I think they're going to play Nation right.
1: I was going to say, I was going to say, who do you think starts right? You think well, I would.
2: me personally, like I told you, I gave you my plan. I would see if Alexander has a good week and understands how to play nickel, play Alexander as the nickel and then play bland on the outside.
1: Why not? Why not Sheffield? I mean, Sheffield's been in the building a little longer and he he played with Quinn. Is there a reason you wouldn't want to try him out?
2: She, Sheffield is from what I understand is a man corner that has had his problems With uh, some soft tissue injuries. So he's been a guy that you really hang on. I'll tell you exactly what uh, I'll tell you what's going on here. Sometimes I sometimes I I get these guys right. Uh, I, I asked one of my gang of seven guys about about Sheffield and hold on a second. Feel free to talk, Bobby, while I look at my phone here. So
1: the Cowboys were terrible on Sunday. Um, you know, just broke everybody's hearts. Uh, <laughs> their, their play in the second half was sort of a reflection on uh, of Jacksonville as a, a, a downtown area, uh, which was really off-putting, I got to say. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Jacksonville area. I know Brian lived there for a little bit. I don't mean to be offensive to, to Brian's former home or to any Cowboys fans that are living in Jacksonville, uh, but it was an odd experience. I went into a bar, Brian, and they were playing Bob Ross. The joy of painting on a Saturday night in a bar next to the Buffalo game. Uh, weird vibes. Uh, smelled like creek water around uh, there. Here we go. Yep, yep. Kendall Sheffield.
2: There we go. Uh, my guys are telling me, very quiet kid, uh, best in press, where he can jam and run. He struggles playing off in zone, not great instincts, struggles with ball skills, is Very this Kelvin good. Joseph
1: for Kendall Sheffield?
2: Sheffield, <laughs> I know. It sounds like Kelvin Joseph. I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, can't stay healthy. Has always have hamstring, calves. It takes long to recover. He's uh, the guy has never flashed or shown like he did the rookie season, and so that's well, Sheffield. Okay, man. and here's here's uh, let me give you Alexander. Yep, real quick. All right. well, I think
1: it was a teammate of Cordrea Tankersley, who we were talking about earlier, or maybe yeah. they didn't cross. I can't remember. Yeah, they were both Clemson guys.
2: Yeah, here we go with Alexander. Uh, he could play. He's a slot only, physical cover guy, presser grabber. Was lo- was looking for money and hasn't had the best of character. Uh, wasn't a good influence on a couple of your guys, curse at Clemson or at Minnesota. So he has legit ability to play inside. I'm sure he's got some. Uh, have to do some work to get his fitness going.
1: That's that. That uh, that sounds like the other part of Kelvin Joseph too. So that's yeah. not great either. But so- uh, you know, you 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 got lemons. You need to make lemonade. You need to figure it out. And I'm sure the Cowboys will do that. Uh, we'll we'll be back with you again later this week, two more times, and uh, hopefully have a good breakdown for you on the Eagles and understanding uh, what they're going to do with or without Jalen Hurts. Uh, but until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.